Hey everyone, it's Sam. We had a scattered sort of holiday and New Year's and early January and then mid and late January. Um, we did have that Ted Lasso episode, so we haven't been 100% slack asses. Um, but I think we're back back, so I hope you enjoy this episode that we recorded before Christmas, which will be very evident when we sign off with happy holidays to each other. Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast where old friends get together to bare their souls. Laugh so hard they almost pee themselves. And talk about all the stuff that makes life worth living. And some things that don't. It's, it's let's, let's get, get a drink, drink sometime. sometime. Uh, welcome to the show, everyone. Well, thank, you. thank you. How's everyone doing? My name's Sam. I'm Angela. I'm Cherry. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you want to introduce the guest? We we usually do, but I didn't. I didn't uh, uh, pre-game him enough, I guess. Um, we have a special guest tonight. It is my father. Wow. Now, now, what's your name, Jerry? Uh, I'm Jerry Deeds, <laughs> father of Sam Deeds. <laughs> good work. Good work. You did um, good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And I practiced that. <laughs> you practiced on the drive over? Yeah. yeah. Um, tonight we are going to talk about The Beatles, the newly released Get Back documentary mm-hmm. by, of all people, Peter Jackson, which I, th- I thought was funny. Why is that funny? I don't know, because it's, it's like his biggest things are uh, Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, and then... A Beatles documentary. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of... But I think that's why it was seven and a half hours long. Because Peter Jackson was at the helm. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, it's like a month's worth of content. Yeah. So I think they probably even had to work quite hard to... Yeah, just to cut it down. Just to cut you know, it, I mean, yeah. It's, it's, it's there, and there even are... still, like... Some of it is like, this is so dysfunctional. Oh my God, <laughs> nothing is happening. Still, yeah. nothing was, is happening. There were <laughs> oh, moments I mean, I mean it. you like, could have taken out. Like, nothing is happening. <laughs> yeah. Some of the jams and stuff, like, uh, yeah, okay, include it for 30 seconds. But they, they, were, they were medleys of jams and uh, people screaming in microphones for a good five, six minutes. Mm-hmm. And then some of the conversations, um, there's one... We were talking about earlier. Wait a like, minute. We're like, wait a minute. Are we going to do the drink thing? Oh, yeah. We always, we always waffle. And I um, also think that um, we should talk about how we became fans of the Beatles also. And then we can jump into it. Okay. Because um, I'm in control. <laughs> <laughs> You're the Just, Paul. I'm a Paul. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm, 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 a, I'm a John tonight. Are you? What are you? You're like a George Martin. A George? Wow, that's kind of. Wow. He's like. I, he's like the. Yeah. Sorry, I had a son talking to me. Um. Well, with I mean, his he's head. the real genius of the whole thing. Are we? I mean, that's the mm, scenario. Yeah, I, I, I can. He's the. He's sort of the the show, runner. The guys are head writers. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why I'm comparing a band to a television show, um, but 
um, first and foremost, what are you drinking tonight, Angela? I am drinking a beer. No. What? Huh? I'm drinking wine. I don't drink beer. I'm gluten-free. Um, I'm drinking wine. It's called 1924 Limited Edition Double Black Red Wine Blend 2017. Um, the heart of the Prohibition era and wine's darkest era was deemed illegal in 1924. It was also the year our winery first planted vineyards in California and farmed grapes. They were sold to friends and neighbors. Story goes, some of these grapes might have been used to make wine for those that <laughs> dared to toil in the black market of winemaking. Uh, fields, field blends were the wine of choice and a crowd favorite at speakeasies across the country. What's a field blend? I've never heard that term before. No idea. Crafted from a blend of grape varieties, our 1924 Double Black delivers rich fruit flavors, a blackberry plum, um, and alluring spice notes. Uh, it's a full-bodied palette in the style reminiscent of the Prohibition era. Ooh. Nice. Oh, I didn't cool. buy this. Yeah. My boyfriend bought it because he felt bad that I was uh, drinking stale wine for last week's podcast. So <laughs> this is him taking care of the situation. That's awesome. I know. Um, we decided to go a little meta with our... Meta? Yeah, with our... Like Facebook? Um, no, not like Facebook. The original meta, meta fiction. Um, so we, we, we got two beers. Oh, by the way, did I say I was drinking wine out of a coffee mug? <laughs> no. Okay, That's I did perfect. that. No, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> um, so we... I tried to research what beers the Beatles drank. But like that information just isn't really available. Mm -hmm. um, I know they drank a lot of scotch and uh, Coke, but then I think I think that was a Jim Beam bottle we saw. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was Jim Beam. And a lot Not of toast. They were eating a lot yeah, of toast. A lot a of, toast of toast and a lot of butter. Um, so what we did, we did, we got a a, a Warsteiner um, Dunkel. I love Dunkels. But Warsteiner is a dark German beer, because I did read that they got into dark German beers during their Hamburg days. And then, Father, Hamburg. why don't you tell them about the other one? Well, I'm drinking a London Pride, uh, which is a beer. It's, and it says an outstanding beer. I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> but, it's actually uh, Fuller's. Is the, Fuller's the, London yeah. Pride. And one reason I wanted to go with that is, is because well, I've got a good friend who, who cooks, named guy's named Dennis. Uh, he, he cooks, and what he always likes to do, if it's a French meal, he wants French wine to go with it. If it's an Italian meal, he wants Italian. And so um, I decided to do the same thing. Since we're talking about a British band, I want to drink yep. something that's, that's British. And so mm -hmm. London Pride seemed to fit the bill yeah. for me. Very go. good. Yep. I think, have you been to Abbey Road, Angela? I'm sure you have. Did you ever make that journey? Nope. <laughs> no? I don't know what's wrong with me. I lived there on and off for four years. Yeah. Huge Beatles fan. Mm. Um, but I didn't. I don't know why. That seems so wrong. <laughs> that, that is wrong. I have I'm not it. even far. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's in yeah. the middle of the city. You know, it's not like I had to take a truck anywhere. I just had to, like, open the A to Z and find it. For those who don't know what an A to Z is, it is a catalog by street name. 
Yeah. You just open mm. it. I don't know if they use A to Zs anymore, but in the early 2000s, yeah. that's how you fa found out where to go. You got bought an A to Z. Um, I still have my A to Z. I still have mine too. Um, yeah, and so I, it would have been super easy for me to do. Um, I think I was in my like angsty early 20s, like uh, douche, 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 clubby phase. <laughs> so that could probably be the issue there. I'm yeah. not sure. I didn't even make it to Stonehenge or the zoo. Like I just was out with, yeah. you know, a cup, essentially. Um, and I also studied, so look, yeah. really valuable experiences. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I've got a picture of me walking across the same crosswalk as Abbey yeah. Road. Oh, that's uh, awesome. So that was, I was by myself, wore my shoes and everything, but, um, uh, you didn't, you didn't take your shoes off. I, I wanted to, but Gail, yeah. my wife didn't want me to do that. Oh, okay. Don't yeah. step on some glass. You know what I mean? I have, um, I was there with my boss at the time, Mark Brookshire. So I, I have a photo somewhere of me walking across it. But we're waffling again. It's 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 a fair waffle. It's the Beatles. But I did lots of like other sentimental treks. Like my mom had this picture. I wanted to go to London because she went to London. Um, mm -hmm. And she took this picture when she visited. And so I went and found that exact spot that she stood on. So I did That's do cool. things. I just didn't do like the sentimental Beatles version. Beatles so stuff, I'm excited yeah. to like do that when I get there again one day. When we go to the London Podcast Festival. That's right. Whenever that happens again. Uh, however, that happens. Yeah. And if we yeah, get invited. <laughs> oh, we'll definitely be invited. I'm not worried. Oh, yeah. With 35 listeners. <laughs> I'm down. Whatever. Um, all right. So we don't actually that. have 35 listeners. We don't know. That's the thing. We well, don't know. It equates to downloads. You know, it's kind of hopeful. Kind of. Yeah. Kinda. I mean, anyway. we we have to have more than thirty-five because that would that would mean the same thirty-five people have listened twenty times. Uh, yeah. yeah. So. That's weird. Crack open up. Don't be weird, people. Don't be weird. <laughs> I mean, it's based on downloads, so be weird. Listen to your favorite episode a hundred times, please. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So, bottle opener. I love having my dad here. He's he's next to me. See you. I was like, I'm the only one here. Oh yeah, yeah. You have to close the other window. I did. Um. Well, you're here now. Can you hear? I can hear. Okay. I'm very annoyed. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> can I'm, I just tell you something? Yeah. My daughter is 11. And she said to me, the older I get, the more easily I get annoyed. And I get annoyed at myself for getting so annoyed so easily. <laughs> nice. I was like, that's called teenager. Right. Those all duck and cover. <laughs> so I, I really wish there was somehow to record what happened. Because like, as soon as it stops recording, both you and I are like, oh. <laughs> I, I really wish that the audience could hear that. So... There's the recording button on the uh, like top right of our screens, and I, I don't really need to move my mouse. So when I hit start record, like 20 minutes ago or whatever, I didn't move my mouse. And then I literally opened a beer, and the cap, the bottle cap, came off and clicked my right or my left mouse button, and it turned it off. That's Sounds pretty like good, man. I don't think me. that the Beatles want us to film. 
Record. No, I think I think so. It's it's another parallel. So I, I I figured out, or I realized there was a parallel between what the Beatles were doing in the Get Back session and what my dad and I were doing. They had you know, we we talked. You you actually brought it up first. You wanted to do this episode, mm-hmm. and then you had sort of a time restraint because you got stuff going on this week, and we're like, okay, we have to do it by the twentieth. Right. And it's like, okay, well, we couldn't we couldn't do it. This was literally it is the nineteenth of December. That's when we're filming or we're recording this. Mm-hmm. It is the last possible day for Angela to work on this. And right. my dad and I. I actually started watching the documentary a couple weeks ago. I got about 20 minutes into it, and I stopped because I was like, I have to watch this with my dad. So my dad came over last night, and in the past 18 hours, we have watched the whole thing. You're and crazy people. So That's amazing. We, we were trying to – we were time-restrained, and we're trying to do this thing for this production, for this recording. I had a deadline. And, yeah. A date, you know, and like the Beatles. Well, yeah, exactly. And then this is, you know, take two. We we yeah. had it. We had a f up, and you know, we we hit the the stop recording button. Mm-hmm. And if only we were doing this on the rooftop, it would it would be been fine. Better. Yeah. yeah, we wouldn't have been interrupted by the cops. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I, I hate <laughs> that. <laughs> so, Sam, I think your story about why you like the Beatles is very sweet and beautiful. Can you and your dad please share? Sure. Do I don't. Do I know the story? I'm it not was even. Like the first song you played, Italian. Oh, yeah. So I grew up with the Beatles because of this man over here, and um, I had dad. He started playing guitar when he was five, and I always grew up in a house full of music and guitars, and I tried once or twice. But it wasn't really until I was 10 when I was like, you know, I'll play guitar. And um, my dad was always, at least with me, I don't know how you were with other students. But, like, for me, I, I've found that the best way to teach someone how to play something is, is any instrument is like, okay, what song do you want to learn? Right. You know, because then, then they have a motivation to learn the song, play it correctly. Because, they, you know, if you just, oh, here are the notes... Here's how you play Ba Ba Black Sheep. Like, that's not fun for the student. Right. And so I told my dad I wanted to learn Rocky Raccoon. And so the very first thing I ever learned how to play was an A minor, because that was the first chord in Rocky Raccoon. And it was like a couple hours in your basement, and then you sent me home with your ancient guitar, and I, I played that song for like I guess two weeks mm-hmm. till the next time I saw you and then you're like oh, okay here's some other songs so that, that's that yeah but your introduction to the Beatles was a little bit earlier than that yeah I, I have I was always playing the Beatles music yeah and we have a photograph of him sitting in front of our uh, my stereo system with headphones on and and I recall at that point what he was doing was listening to Sgt. Peppers and he must have been three or four years old I'm, I'm mm. still in diapers and I'm, and I'm yeah. telling him, uh, listen f- to the sounds of it. You're going to hear different things. And I remember him listening to Sergeant Peppers saying, I hear the dogs going through my head. <laughs> you know, because at one point the, there's the group of dogs that are, are running through the sound. The uh, left sound to right. Field. 
and he just thought that was so cool. And so he was listening to Beatles music pretty early. That's awesome. Speaking of kids, I'm just going to say goodnight to my kid. Love you. You're my best girl. Do you want to say hi? Not tonight. Just say hey right here. <laughs> hi. 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 <laughs> Teenager. Teenagers. Gotta be a third generation Beatle fan coming up as well. Yeah. Good night. Um. Yeah. yeah so sorry. She's like got all these. She, my kid does these like really great accents. Like she can talk in a British accent and an Australian accent and a French accent, and they're all pretty dead on. Um, so anyway, uh, she's cool. down the hall like all these accents. Yeah, it's funny. Um, so, go ahead. So, uh, how did you become a Beatles fan? Um, so like I don't come from a musical family. Um, so like, there's really no, like, it, just fandom. Um, so I heard my mom listening to it a lot. Um, uh, like she had records. Um, and she, you know, she turned it on in the radio and stuff like that. It would always be a little bit louder. Um, and then, um, and then, like, I remember her really loving love, love me do. Um, and like her kind of singing it a little bit. And then when I was in high school, the anthologies came out. Yep. And I just like dove in. I It was so weird because I was like in love with Paul, but he was in his 60s. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but my mom, like one day she was like, I have a whole box of records down there. And she had all these Beatles records and I still oh, have yeah. them. That's I awesome. mean, they're super played and, like, all ripped and stuff like that, but I loved them. Um, so it was, like, common ground, kind of like you guys. It was common ground yeah. between my mom and I. Yeah. Father? Well, I had the good fortune of living through the <laughs> Beatles. Uh, yeah. I call myself first-generation Beatles fan because <laughs> I, um, an interesting thing was my parents tried very hard not to let me see the Beatles or see rock and roll because I, I guess at the time it was an evil thing but yeah. dad told me a few years ago that he was trying to make sure that I don't really see all that stuff but they made the mistake a general thing when I was 11 years old and like said uh, or Sam said I've been playing the guitar for a number of years so I was always looking for new things to learn to play and uh, we always watched the Ed Sullivan show on Sundays nights, <laughs> Sunday nights. And uh, so we're sitting there, and I'm not paying much attention, but suddenly I hear the crowd noise that was going on. and never heard that before on the Ed Sullivan show. It just gets louder and louder after a commercial or something, from what I remember. And then all of a sudden you hear Ed Sullivan say, ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Right. And, and the screaming went crazy, and I'm looking up because I'd never even heard of rock and roll at this point. And uh, I was only listening to the music that Dad said, here, listen to this. And uh, I was just absolutely mesmerized. We watched a couple of the songs. I think they played three songs on the first set. And uh, Dad was very critical. Dad was a drummer, and he, he kept looking at Ringo and saying, <laughs> saying yeah. this guy's not playing the drums. He's attacking the drums. And at some point, Dad said, we're not looking at this crap and turn and turn the channel. <laughs> and so I just calmly said, okay, well, I'm going to go study my 
math because we've got a test tomorrow and I went into the basement and dad's original television was down there that he bought like in 49 and it was plugged in and everything <laughs> and so I turned it on and watched the rest of the show that's awesome. And, uh, this I was is just awesome. Absolutely amazed at this. My, I'm telling you, my life completely changed. And I just sat there and stared at this. And uh, within a couple of days, I was at a record store buying the fir their first album. They couldn't stop me. I sort of had a job at that point. I was 11 years old and I had my own money. And uh, so I had my first Beatle albums. By, bought it when I was 11. So. That's amazing. That's such a cool story. I love that. Um, have you by any chance seen the, um, it's, it's like maybe an unofficial precursor, but the, they connect well, the really, the documentaries. Have you seen Eight Days a Week by Ron Howard, his documentary on the Beatles? No. Yeah, oh, I, I highly I recommend either. that. I, I really I, recommend that because, um, like, I didn't know that they didn't perform for a long time. Yeah. Um, there was like this hiatus and it talks about why. And you can see exactly why those screaming people, it was everywhere they went and they never yeah. had fun again. You know, it was like, it took all the fun out of it. Um, and, um, but like it made, it made total sense. Um, it, like it, it makes real sense why they decided to do what they did the, the way they did it. Um, which is fascinating to me because you know, how do you continue fandom if you, you're not publicly seen or playing or, you know, I think right. there's a lot of pressure to do that, especially with musicians like tour, 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 you know? Um, so like good on them, but, um, yeah, uh, the screaming for sure. <laughs> Yeah. And the screaming was, was horrible. I know people, some of my old friends have actually been to Beatles concerts, like at the yeah. stadium in, Atla in Atlanta here. And they, they said, yeah, it was neat to be there, but you couldn't really hear the music much. Right. Because of the, the people next to you were just screaming so loudly. Right. So it was frustrating for both the fans and the Beatles as well. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. there's, that, there's that whole thing with, I think they talked about it in the anthology, uh, the Shea Stadium concert was was a <coughs> i don't know if that was the last time or it was definitely like the eye-opening if you watch a lot of that footage they couldn't they couldn't even hear themselves and at, at one point i think paul is playing a piano and he just starts hitting the piano with his elbows because really? it, it just doesn't matter like it just <laughs> right. th they can't hear anything they can't no one can hear them right and he's just like going at it with his elbow because it just it, he's like oh this is stupid like we don't even need to play anything and right and then they cart them off in like a meat truck you know what I mean? <laughs> just get them out as yeah. fast as possible so no one's going to mob them yeah. like they couldn't provide enough security it's insane that's nuts it, it was insane times back then it, re it really was see to me watching so when you're watching get back you you like if you i guess semi well versed in the beatles like you know the whole point of what they're doing is going to be the rooftop concert. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a f the, what was it their, their last public appearance was two years before this or whatever. And to like, me, no, it was like with, five years. It's yeah. a long time. Yeah. Um, with, with Beatlemania and all that sort of stuff. And then I just can't even imagine being a fan of the Beatles. And one day you're just walking down the street and then there's the Beatles playing on a rooftop. Like, that's insane to me. 
You know what's insane to me? The cops, the, they're the ones that stopped the whole thing. They're the ones that are yeah. that are <laughs> douchebags. <laughs> Capital. They ruined D. it for all of us. <laughs> yeah, I thought I, I really liked the interviews with the people on the street. Oh, like, that oh. was awesome. We're skipping ahead. We need to start. Oh, okay. Part one. <laughs> Part one. Um. Part one. I don't think a lot of people knew. So. Uh, most people know the story of Let It Be is they started working on the album. Things went badly. They went on to record Abbey Road. And then Abbey Road was released. And then they finished Let It Be after that. And that was the last album released. Even though it wasn't the last album recorded. Right. Um, so the story that I got there, or I've been told by said boyfriend, is that they were so <laughs> disgusted with how they behaved that they came back to do it again you know do another one again and do it right and then right. they came back to like fix the mistakes and they did it well and they did yeah yeah for sure i mean it's meant to be like their greatest album right it depends well, on who you talk to yeah. right no i mean not necessarily like i mean i think that there's a school of thought you know kind of thing that it's a, yeah there's yeah. a very big deal it was. It, it was huge. I remember when it came out. I mean, just like the other albums that uh, myself and all my friends were, you know, standing at, uh, as soon as school was out, you're standing in, in line at the record store because mm -hmm. you're just so excited that day. Right. So it yep. was pretty, pretty, pretty fabulous to, to do that. And then you get together with several of your friends. And, and what I did with my friends, Dennis and Desmond, uh, every time a Beatles album came out, we would really just sit down and together we would just put it on the, the disc, uh, on, on the turntable. Mm -hmm. Nobody was allowed to speak <laughs> <laughs> until the, the 10 seconds you had where you were turning it over right. for side B. That was it. And uh, you listened to the whole thing. Nobody spoke. We just listened and then we talked about it afterwards. That's so cool. <laughs> I love it. Oh. Yeah, I didn't realize that the the whole thing was going to be like this documentary and a live performance for the studio audience. They were trying to do a whole album in one go. Um, definitely didn't know anything about the the t Twickham t Tickham State or uh, Studios right. or whatever. Mm -hmm. So the, <coughs> yeah, just the whole concept of that was I never never even knew that before. Yeah, I mean, I actually was really confused. I thought that was the same studio where they did um, some live performances of Let It Be. So I, I was like misplaced it, I think. Um, I did not know that they left that studio. I thought that they completed it there. You know, they were kind of given this tall order, like you got to get this done in two weeks. Right. And even in the beginning, he's like, well, we're definitely going to get it done, like Paul says. it, and, <laughs> and then like whoever it was, was like, oh, we'll see. Because <laughs> yeah. they could see the dysfunctionalism. They could see that it was hard for them to get through pretty much anything. Uh, like, the only thing that they were really good at was, uh, like, messing around. Um, right. And, like, it's fascinating in the beginning, but, like, you know, two and a half hours in on the, the first one, you're like, does nothing get accomplished? Yeah. Like, I can't tell who I'm mad at. Am I like mad at Paul for being bossy? And I'm mad at John for like being so freaking stoned. 
And am I mad at like Yoko Ono for even existing in this world? I, I don't know. I'm so confused. Um, I was I was surprised. And I just how... want to stick up for for uh, like George. You know, I just want to like. Yeah. Poor man. Yeah, got to be frustrating at his point. I mean, it, it on his part, it was really interesting to see that and how he responded to it. Right. Well, I mean, he kind of got backed into a corner. I think like. Um, yeah, I mean, look, he is passive by comparison to, to, to Paul, um, yeah. and Paul's trying to, like, he's kind of hit in the middle, I think, cause he's trying to motivate John to go forward just to yeah. commit, you know what I mean? And he's losing his footing on it. And so he's taking out his anger on George. Um, and meanwhile, Ringo's like, I'm missing an eyebrow guys. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna play what you tell me to play. Yeah. Um. And it, yeah, yeah. I, I really, I, I'd, I'd read this article once before how George was definitely the less dramatic of all of them, and I, I think the at the end of episode or yeah part one the diary entry that you see is actually the diary entry because I, I I'd heard the day that he left the Beatles. It was yes. like, woke up, had toast, went to the studio, left the Beatles. Left the band. And that was it. Yep. And yep. It, it was, I, I wish, I want to go back and watch that scene again. Because they're, they're literally like rehearsing a song or doing something. And he just goes, all right, I'm leaving the band now. Done. <laughs> like, and they're like, yeah, all right. And he just like leaves. You're like, wait, <laughs> is this how like bands break up? Is this how they do this? Like you just... <laughs> Take a stroll. <laughs> it was a very Forrest Gump moment. Is yeah. What we were talking about the other day. Oh, yeah. Gosh. You know, just like, I'm going to stop running now. Yeah. And, and the whole crowd's there. And it's like, what? What? Yeah. And, you know, there's so many people around there trying to, I'm not sure. I'm really confused around. I mean, I don't know production or anything like that. You know, I, I but like there's a lot of people and there's yeah. too many cooks in the kitchen there was a um, lot more people involved than i thought there would have been and i think that the the person that was missing the most was the what's his name george martin george george martin i think that they kind of needed like a papa in there to be like listen right. boys like get it together you go here pick up your guitar you go here stopping a brat you go here tell your partner <laughs> to get out in the hall give him some distance you don't need to suck his face all the time like i think they right. needed to get it together you know? you know frankly i expected that i thought that was going to happen i thought he was going to walk out of the shadows and say come on guys you know, right just like what you said angela right but but he works for them well, you I know. think that like it's in the the document in eight days a week. He they there's like some I think Paul says it, but like he talks about how in the beginning he had the bigger role. He had the one that like gave them discipline and you know like vision mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But by the time they got to this level where they were at, he kind of let go. Um, and Paul says that in one of his uh, one of his in his interviews and you can see it like he comes in and everyone actually stiffens up for a little bit but then he saunters off and everyone's like all right where's the joint and like huh yeah. um it seems to you know they start to fuck around um 
And I think it's like, I kind of take it as like, they actually still wanted to be around each other. Like there's this great, insane, incredible, depthful bond, especially between John and Paul. Yeah. Um, but um, they don't know how to like evolve it because the dynamic has changed. There's a third person that has to sit right by him at all times. Um, and I'm not going to say she was a raging bitch, but she was bitchy. Like a sidebar conversation. She's like talking about how they don't get on. And, and it's like, just, is this just... from eight days a week? Cause there wasn't too much. No, she says it. There's a couple, like when she's talking to like all the other people in the room, all the other cooks in the kitchen, uh -huh. she says it outright a few times. She says like, they don't get on, they don't get along, you know? Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, she stirs okay. the pot a little bit. Yeah. Um, She's not aggressive enough to stir the part directly with yeah. Paul, but Paul starts to try to include her in conversation as she cold shoulders him. Um, but she will address it like to other people. Whereas I think she's sort of like a mouthpiece for John in some way, because he's never aggressive towards, towards Paul. Right. He's silly. Like he, you know, they can't get him on task and he goes on these like tangents and they are funny. Um, but yeah, he's never, <coughs> excuse me. He's never uh, like outward in any way directly towards Paul. You know, so I, I find that I noticed that too. when I, I noticed, I, I think that's a front cause he knew he was on camera. Right. Because there's that one scene where Paul and John, go in like the cafeteria or something and they're having a private meeting but someone had hidden a microphone in there yes and john is this I mean, is the not second episode the second yeah part? okay it's, he is not i mean he's he not, didn't hold back no but no, he, he was he definitely spoke like yeah. a human and really got into it you're absolutely right and so I think I think it's very interesting. I do think that's sort of part of it, the public image that are the Beatles and J John's uh, obviously John's public image specifically w didn't exist in that moment. And so he actually you you got sort of the real John Lennon in the Beatles. He was not right. as happy with how things were going as you you would otherwise say he was looking at the footage. You know, it's funny when you see him in part one and even in part two, um, because it, like his capacity to not focus just big, gets bigger and bigger. And, you know, yeah. got a band member that's like walked off, you know, um, and they had said that Ringo had done it before. Someone asked them, like, has this ever happened? And they said, like, Ringo um, and Ringo has had put his foot down like he was there. He was present, but he wasn't going to go to Syria right. or Morocco. Yeah. He, he wasn't going to travel like he had very he had a very specific, you know, what he was willing to do and what he wasn't willing to do. And um, when I looked at John in the beginning and into the second one, up until that point where they have that private conversation, I think, what a sad little man. Because um, I always saw John is like, especially in the early days, he's the biggest beetle, like physically. Right. And he looks strong and broad. And you get him in there and he looks like meek and tortured and showerless and Shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and but you can see off camera 
when they start to have a conversation, you're like, there's John. There's the leader. Right. Yeah. And that's what it came down to, I think, in its entirety. Paul wanted to just get John to lead because that was always their dynamic. And he says it. He's like, John's the leader. I just fill in the spots and George is over here. You right. know what I mean? And like at the point, John wasn't ready to do that. And I don't know why, you know, we can only speculate but you can see him starting to do that a little bit in that private conversation. Um, you know, like, I'm a big Paul McCartney fan, but, like, at the end, Paul, like, ran over that conversation. It, it didn't, it was like, well, that wasn't really productive. But everything that John said was beautiful. It was spot on. Yeah, it was spot on. Part. Yeah. It was understanding, um, you know, it was empathetic. Um, it was great. Yeah. And I, I th- then, yeah. I think the conversation did help Paul a little bit because after that he was, um, he was nicer. He was, well, he was, he was nicer. Inclusive. Yeah. To George in particular. Mm-hmm. And then there was something like, Oh, we need another song. And he asked John, yeah, get more. No, I don't have any songs. And, and he's like, George, what do you have? Right. You know, like he knows George has songs. Right. Um, so, yeah. I didn't realize George wrote I Me Mine. That was that was mm. a new one for me. And th- thinking about it now, it makes sense because he sings it. But um, I'm just looking this up. Uh, hold on. Um, it, it seemed to me, though, that, that Paul to p- part of his problem with all this was he seemed very nervous about not getting anything done. I mean, he seemed to be more concerned about that. Everybody else was concerned about where we're going to do our, right. our, our concert. So I just give him a little bit of credit there. I mean, I, I would have been nervous. You know, here we go. I mean, yeah, he was definitely like there were, there were points when they weren't doing anything and Paul is just trying to keep everything together. Like, look, we have so many days to do this. Like, he is definitely the more, I guess, professional. That's not really the right word. But, yeah. like, you know, he's like, look, we're doing a job. This is what we're doing. we got to get it done. Right. And and also, I read today that the, the whole concept of the documentary and the big performance at the end and the live, that was his idea. Right. So everything about what they're doing it's his brainchild right and so of course he's gonna be like oh we need to make sure we do this right because you know it's it's my thing right i have one of the dolls um, i think that there was like some ideas um that well like everyone with paul he has a lot of different ideas and he's not getting what he wants but he's also right. willing to take the next best thing which ended up being the roof like he had they wanted it to be on uh, in Primrose, or where was it that they wanted it to yeah, be? Yeah, Primrose Hill. Yeah, and so, you know, he's, okay, let's do this. He just wanted to do something live, and he wanted to have content leading up to it. And I think that there was other people pitching ideas on television shows and whatever um, else with it. Yeah. I yeah. think the boat idea was way stupid. Like, how are you... Yeah, let's like, rent a big boat and, and take everybody over there and be a big thing for four, four or five days, I guess. With the trip. yeah, it was it was gonna be three days there. It's like you yeah. you want to be stuck on a boat with like three hundred 
of your Screw fans. Your fans? Yeah, it. no. Yeah, no way. No way. And then you definitely, yeah, what exactly what you you were just saying, Angela? How Paul, he needed he needed that that ending, that big ending, when the cops, when he realized that the cops were there, he lit up. Right. Like you could see it. Uh, he was like, "Hell yeah, we're gonna get arrested today. This is gonna mm-hmm. make the news." Yeah, his body movements. Oh yeah, everything was just. Yeah, he's he's dancing a little bit more. He was he was excited about that. Yeah. I didn't. Well, I mean, I'm. I guess I don't know if we're on three yet. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I say something about like the the. I'll wait. But um, I do think we should say something about Billy Preston because I thought oh, he brought. Oh, yeah so wow. much special to that like he's the only other cre- they it's an they have a conversation there where he's like let's just bring him in as another beetle like, right yeah they're really they loved him they're trying to figure out what to do with him and he just made the album like he yeah. got so much into it and it was effortless for him which mm-hmm. is so cool yeah it really was i i, I felt that same way that it was just we, it was total not chaos that was total chaos until suddenly billy comes in there and it's mm-hmm. like he, to me, he was the one that kind of really got things rolling for them. They got right. I wonder, well, they had to behave, right? Right. Because that's exactly they were on what I was someone else's say. time. Yeah. Yeah. It was someone, uh, someone who wasn't in the inner circle. Ah, good point. Yeah. And he comes in, and he's obviously a fantastic musician. They all love him. Right. But yeah, it's like, oh, hey, uh, yeah, we're the Beatles. It's and again, he didn't it's come that in until they were in Abbey Road, like at Apple Studios, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I forgot. Um, yeah, it definitely, like you said, after that conversation that they had and, um, you know, um, what's you know, they moved all the equipment into the studios. It wasn't quite, quite outfitted, right? Like they had, the studio wasn't quite ready. Yeah. Um, so they made it right. Um, and a lot of people worked really hard to get there with that. Um, you know, to make it okay for them, like, recordable. Um, but it, it did change. You know, they were back at a studio, so they became professionals again. And then yeah. Billy Preston came in, and they were on someone else's time, so they had to behave. And, you know, coming on the heels of actually having a really productive conversation with, well, productive from John's perspective, and whatever they said to George, you know, kind of right. you know, l- lured him back in. God, I, I wish they would have recorded that. Can you imagine? Um, yeah, imagine that. I would have loved to have heard that. Yeah. I can. I can't even imagine the way, like, what they said. You know, how did it work out? Because to be honest, George was like, he was holding on, like, he was, he had left the band. <laughs> yeah. 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 I thought it was very interesting, and I guess it. I was on my sorry to interrupt. I was on oh, like yeah. my the heat like I was glued to the TV. Like <laughs> when you know the end of the episode one, they're like he, the conversation didn't go on. I'm like what? Yeah. What? Yeah, because <laughs> okay, you know he obviously okay, comes back. Session two, what? <laughs> right? Yeah, like where else? Is, what else are we talking about here? But and yeah. to watch the panic kind of oh, between and, everybody and sitting there, the, the whole circle of people that were yeah. sitting, including Yoko and and whoever else was there, Linda. And the other people were, were just the, the, the whole, they were like, okay, well, geez, what do we do now? Right. I mean, it was, it, they were just yeah. stuck. They didn't know what to do. Right. All that talent and they didn't know what to do. Right. I right. think, I think it just, so 
we were surprised um, of how, like, once once George had come back, how it was just like old times again. Like, yeah. <laughs> just okay, cool, we're back together now. We're you know? happy. <laughs> yeah. Happy little dysfunctional family. Yeah. And like, you know, like all the extended comes in, you know, I mean, no one had to sit in the mix of it like Yoko did, but you know, like, um, I didn't know that Paul's wife had a child before that. I didn't know that. And like, her name is Heather. Um, yeah. It's cute to see him with her, to see Paul with her daughter. Um, he actually adopted Linda's her. Daughter. Right. I, I yeah. went like I went down the deep dive. I was like, what is this? <laughs> I, mm. I researched it online. That's a, that's amazing. And did you know that the song Get Back when he says in Tucson, Arizona? Do you know yes. why you know why it was Tucson, Arizona? Because that's where they're from. No, that. Well, that's that's where Heather was born. Oh. It's Tucson. So there's a small connection, but it's still there. Right. And, that's uh, amazing and then who was it that asked the question is is tucson in arizona yeah yeah <laughs> one of them <laughs> yeah i yeah. like i liked her i really liked her playing with with ringo she was yes. just mm. i mean at least she was on time but she was just on time with the hi-hat and that's stunning i mean and wow. well it's 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 cool because i'm like what she had four three four years old yeah. Yeah, and I don't think she's three. I think she's more four yeah. into five. But yeah. And and so I'm thinking, is there a five year old playing the hi hat on Let It Be? Like, can I listen to this? <laughs> you know. And and I'm pretty sure I that one song I me- I meant to make a note of it, but I forgot. And you can hear it. I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to these drums, and it's at the end of the song when Ringo stops playing the hi hat. And you can hear him do a fill or something, and he's hitting the ride in the crash. But then she hits the the hi-hat. So if you go back to the end of that song and you hear three cymbal hits, <laughs> right. you know that there's a five-year-old <laughs> playing the hi-hat. So including Billy, there were six Beatles playing a lot of this time. <laughs> so right. She right. has to get credit for this. She, yep. Yep. <laughs> That's oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah, I liked when they would pop up songs and they'd say, like, this is the one that was used on the album. And you're like, totally. Because they're all so identifiable, yeah. like, a little different, you know? Um, so I thought that was really cool. I, I don't know if it's a sign of, of how much I've listened. I didn't realize I listened to Let It Be that much. But, like, um, I was pretty good at guessing, like, oh, this is the album version. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm like this like, sounds dead on, and then yeah. like the thing would come at the end. Yeah, there was I there agree. was one. It was the uh, uh, we're super at the end of it, but there's one version of uh, "Let It Be." It's the one where Paul messes up and he just goes like he yep. does a raspberry. Yeah, I I I mean they played that song a million times, but I was like, oh, this is the album version. I'm totally sure of it. And then all of a sudden. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Not so Not. much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's super tired. It's funny because you can see them, you know, like in the morning they've got their coffee and their toast. Yeah. <laughs> and then as the day goes on, they start to drink and then they look really glazed over and tired. <laughs> yeah. and it's late at night and they're working really hard. Yeah. 
<sighs> and I, I love, I, I guess the, the coolest thing for me, just as a musician who's written songs with myself and with other people, to see, um, to c- it, it was it was specifically Paul when he came up with Get Back at Twickham Studios or whatever it's called, and like he's just he's just dicking around. He's just playing different chords, going to, and you can sort of hear it. You can like, oh yeah, it's in the key of Get Back, and oh that rhythm sort of sounds like it. And then he finally finds it, but then the chords aren't right. You know, and of course the whole time he's he's just saying random stuff just to fill in, and then it's it's interesting because once once you 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 hear like oh this is get back like he's 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 doing get back, that's when George goes yeah that, and right. George starts playing, and you're like yeah here here it comes here it comes. Because like 30 seconds before that, Ringo and George are sitting in front of him. Ringo's half asleep, and George is yawning his head off. And then, then all of a sudden is like, oh, wait, a song. Cool. I'm in. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Oh. Yeah. Were either of you surprised at how much, be- because they were so stressed with time, that they they went off on these weird song tangents and and yeah. I realize you can't just all all day long just play it, I yeah. guess but it, it it seemed weird that they would go back and and play a lot of the old rock and roll songs things that they weren't going to be yeah. dealing with I thought you know put, seeing things like blue suede shoes or even things they already recorded before like strawberry fields yeah you know, yeah there was even so you know they they didn't record on on the tape everything but there was there was a uh, an episode it was during the last or a day i should say during the last episode where um made mention like what is it each foot of this tape is costing you two shillings yes yeah and so it's like okay you know there's a there's a, a monetary thing here but they 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 record a bunch one day and then they go in the next day, and it was the first time they did this. There's like a white haze around the playing, because they were listening to what they recorded the day before. So it was like a flashback. Mm-hmm. But it's all stuff that they weren't gonna record. So the so on to to like add on to what you're saying, Dad. They're doing all this stuff that they know that re- they're going to record. They're just practicing and jamming and do- silling. But they actually recorded some of that. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like, right. why would you do that? Why would you spend the time and l- the literal money to, like, I can't remember what songs it w- were, but it was like, and then you spent however many, I mean, half hour maybe the next day listening to it to see how good it was. Right. We have a time schedule here. Yeah. And, and we're playing and listening to things that aren't affecting anything. And then in the same realm, there was, you know, there was one conversation uh, that Paul, he fought, I mean, he finally did kind of get through like, hey, you know, we, it was, they had six songs and John wanted to just do the six songs on the, on the concert. And Paul was like, no, we need to do them all. And they realize we do have 14 songs. Right. You know, we, we have these 14 songs. We just got to yep. gotta get in the studio and we got to play them all. And I don't know if it's true, but based on the editing, 
it was like, okay, we have these 14 songs. We need to uh, um, just go in there and play through them all real quick. And then it's like five minutes of them fucking around again. Yeah, so the problem was, is what I got from that, is that John didn't know the lyrics. And so he just kind of kept pulling them away. And at some point, he's like, okay, someone write these things down. That poor kid. That redheaded kid. (laughs) That poor kid. Whatever his name is. (laughs) Kevin. His name's Kevin. (laughs) He's literally on his hands and knees constantly. Yeah. Like, he just takes it. Whatever they want, he does. And... I mean, it's pretty interesting that he got to be that person. That's awesome. But, like, (laughs) it's just so funny. Hey, can you close this? Hey, can you get me this? Hey, will you just stand? Like, can you eat shit and hold this (laughs) thing up for me? Like, you're like, yeah, all right, yeah. I mean, he, what did he not do for those people? It was. They they seem like they paid pretty well, though. I don't think he was. uh... He wasn't their slave, but it's certainly, like was labor intensive you know what i mean he, i never even heard him speak not one time does he speak at all he just is there i'm not even sure <laughs> oh gosh kevin and then but yeah so like uh, i mean <laughs> if we can you know go on to the third the third one now because yeah, yeah. we gotta we gotta get moving um because <laughs> i'm in control um <laughs> like damn paul, paul. fucking paul um, you know, he, they, they played, what I was going to say before was that, you know, like, you know, you can see them, like, they're, like, jumping on it to make sure, like, the roof's not going to give out on them. You know what I mean? Right. And, you know, they talk about all the songs that they're going to do, and they really only did, like, what, four or five? They played yeah. some repeats. That was First very one, odd. sound check, but they did it again. But they also did it another one or two times, yep. did another couple one or two times. Um, and I, I think that came down to, like, them not really knowing the lyrics very well. Um, <laughs> There's that one that one line in uh, Don't Let Me Down. John's like, blue-blue-blue. You know, you think, like, oh, you know, they only got to do one or two songs because the cops came, but that's actually not true. Like, I mean, the cops obviously came and they're ready to put a stop to it and and they were going to end it anyway. But they didn't have it in them to play more than they did. And that doesn't take away from the experience at all. I'm not saying that at all. Like, I think it's exceptional. Um, I think it's exceptional. Like, their their poor hands are freezing. Like, John can't even play the guitar. Yeah. Like, he's having to, like, warm it up. He's wearing someone else's coat because, like, <laughs> he didn't have something adequate for himself. Um, uh, but they, like, they worked their asses off there um, up at the top of that roof and definitely got some amazing attention. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they, they hadn't committed the rest of their amazing songs to memory yet, and they are yeah. amazing songs. I love George's reaction the, the the day before. He's like, I don't want to go on the roof. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he's uh, heights. He's afraid of heights or something. He oh, goes, is he? I'll, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to assume so because he's like, I don't want to go. And he goes, I'll go on the roof if you want me to go on the roof, but I don't want to go on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> and that, in that, in that one is, is like George in a nutshell. Like, oh, yeah. I'll do it, but I don't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um. And and I have an it? opportunity, like, that something might be better, but no one's going to do it anyway. You know, it's kind of like a little bit of an Eeyore. You're like, grab the balls, man. Yeah. You can do it. You're the brains. 
Um, I mean, and that's also like he, the reason why they had to do it by the state was because he had to go into something else in that studio. Ringo did, yeah. Was it Ringo? I thought yeah. it was George. No, it was Ringo. Oh. He was going to be in a movie with. That's why Peter Sellers showed up. It was oh, a I Peter see. Sellers movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, he got himself. He came in and he went right. Peter Sellers was not there for long. <laughs> yeah. I think he came in because John was acting really weird and Peter Sellers was just like, all right, I'm uh, weirded I'm out right now. Myself. I'm leaving. Yeah. Yeah. People I'm are calm. strange. Yeah. Yeah. John was acting really weird. It was really awkward. That was that was um, episode one. I think that's just John, though. I don't No, I think that that's just the period in which John is in. Yeah. And also, like, you know, being that he was filmed and yeah, caught in a weird situation Let's between face it, Yoko at, and, and Paul. At some point, they're all kind of weird. I mean, they, <laughs> they, they've all yeah. done some weird yeah. things in this whole series. Yeah. yeah. It's nice to see them human because we, like, build them up on and put them up on a pedestal. Yeah. Like, they could do no wrong. They're geniuses. And you're like, actually, you're human, too. Like, that's yep. really cool. But at that one point, they had to be reminded, hey... You're you're the Beatles, and they're right. like, oh yeah, that's right, we are. You know, right. I, I forget yeah. what, what the subject was, but they were like, well, everybody wants us to do this, and this, but it's like, wait, you're the Beatles, yeah. Right. And and so they all, oh yeah, okay, so they all yeah. Oh, we can do that, yeah, okay. Yeah. They had to be reminded that they had egos, right. Didn't you think it would, to bring it back to the 30s, isn't it so funny where, like, the cops come in and they're like, we can't have this. This isn't on. You know, and they're going, going and, like, this chick who's not, you can only hear her voice. She's like, you know, I don't know what's happening right now. We'll have to find this manager. And she's, like, placating them. Like, yeah. Lying right through her teeth. <laughs> Poor girl. And they knew it. The cops knew that. That's what was going on. They're just I mean, standing there, like, like, yeah, okay. yeah. like uh, whatever. Uh. I love when the road manager. I, I think, af apart from the actual Beatles and the, my first or my my newest favorite non like inner circle person was Mal. Mal, the yeah. the road manager, yes. like he was he was really cool. And then you know he goes he, he goes to the cops. I'm their road manager, and they, you know I'll, I'll turn the PA system off. And yeah. he, he goes upstairs and does nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I'm sure they had to pre-plan all of that. Like, they don't just. Yeah. yeah it, well, that's why they, that's because the secretary can only do this. And yeah. Do a lot. Gee, right. I don't know what's going on up there. Well, I don't know what's going on. I got to call downstairs. He's like, but they're upstairs. <laughs> like, they they knew because when they when they were setting up the cameras, they said, oh, and a hidden camera in in the lobby or, or in the yes. whatever the first floor, and even I I didn't catch it. I was like, why are they putting a the camera there? And right. you, Dad, you were like, for the cops. <laughs> you know? Right. So they knew what they, was going to happen. Knew. They, they knew. weren't going to be so happy. Yeah. yeah. And then another reason why I like Mal is so up when the cops do come, and Mal is actually like, or Mal, he, like, oh, okay, we, we need to turn this off. He turns off George's amp, and George looks at him, and tur he turns his amp <laughs> right. back on. Yeah. And then, and then at the same time, Mal is um, turning off John's amp, and John's like, "What happened? You know, I, I can't hear myself anymore." And George starts playing again after he turns his amp on, and Mal just kind of looks, and Mal turns John's amp back on. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "All right, fine." 
Yeah, he had to think at some point that no matter what he did, that, that if he got arrested for not doing what the cops said, you know, they're going to pay. The Beatles are going to yeah, pay off. It's yeah. fine. It's, it's not the, like, yeah. It's <laughs> the, right. you're the Beatles, man. I mean, like. <laughs> right. And, like, pretty well understood that the opportunity to see them live and have them play like that was slim to none again. Oh, yeah. You know, like, that they weren't doing well, that it was shaky ground, that they didn't love performing live anyway. Um, and hadn't done it in quite a while. Yeah. Right, in, like, five years or something like that. I should look that up before I start. Um well, I was thinking of the, because they did, it was after Hey Jude, or something like, because they did the two studio live audience things, All You Need Is Love and Hey Jude. See, I don't think they had, it was after Revolver, I think, I don't think they did any live performances even back then, and that was in 66. Yeah, when was Shea Stadium? Because that was fairly... Uh, Beatles. Well, the Hollywood Shea. Bowl, well, that was in... No. Be- no. 1966? Yeah. Nin- okay, 19... Shea Stadium was 65. Um. Uh. And there were things on Revolver and Sgt. Pepper's that it was very hard to actually yeah, do on stage as well, so... Um. Uh, okay, so you're not five years. I'm totally wrong. It's three. It's three years. You're right. I thought it was longer, but well, ignore me. Um. Oh, I was gonna say something. I can't remember now. Final live performance atop of the Apple Building. Yeah. Looking at my notes here. <clears throat> it's Did so funny. Four days ago, there's something the Express in the UK. It's a, it says Beatles rooftop uh, concert police officer regrets actions. <laughs> <laughs> what does this say? <laughs> yeah, I, I read that. That was funny. Um, but he was doing his job. Yeah. He was 19 years old yeah. at the time. He He's like, we've cop. had 30 complaints. <laughs> yeah, he said that, what, three, four times. Yeah. I love some of the old, like, there, there was a couple old people, they're like, I don't like this. They're disrupting the stores and disrupting, and, and it's like, okay, whatever. But then there's this one old guy, I totally expected him to uh, to be like, yeah, this is, you know, this is rubbish. They should, and He's like, oh, I love the Beatles. I love their music. They're great. They're doing something good for the city, and they're just all around good people. And I'm like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Did not expect that from you, sir. Listen to this. He's 72 now. At the time, though, they they offered him money, which isn't on the thing. They offered him 3,000 pounds for the Let It Be filmmakers to step away from the event. He would not accept the cash, however. Now he would have thought twice about the offer. He said, if I, had know, if I knew what I know now, I'd have resigned and taken the money. He said he, he was only a police officer for six more years and then went on to be successful in sales. Got $3,000 in... That's huge. In 1969? $10,000, $15,000 in today's money. That's a... Well... I mean, in the 50... I, uh, was in the 50s you could buy a house for 4000 
Hmm. You know? Six, oh yeah, a 69, a 69 Mustang uh, GT500. Like the tops Shelby Mustang was uh, like $4,300. Yeah, yeah. This is Dad. Anyway. Al- Dad also admits he was running a bluff on his threats uh, to arrest the Fab Four. He explained how he could not have arrested them as they were on private property. The former, uh. Bob- the former Bobby said, at 19, I was pretty gung-ho and I think I might have um, and taken the flack afterwards for wrongful arrest. He mm. said, looking back on the performance, which ended up being the band's last time playing together, he said, it was just work, and it's blowing up into all this. I didn't know they'd ever, they'd never play again yeah. together again. I mean, sure. Yeah. yeah, you ruined it all for us, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but to your point, though, they were cold. Would they have actually yeah. gone on much farther and and had anything decent to do with John have lost more words. Yeah, I mean, they... Yeah. They definitely, they could have gone on. Yeah, they like, seem to give in too easily Yeah, to but th- that would have been repetitive too, you know. Yeah. They definitely, because the cops were up there for a few songs. And yeah. so they were definitely in a position of like, okay, we're just going to keep going. And I, I think that I was I mean, the big... It. The big man came. It wasn't just this guy, right? Like, there was sure. someone. Yeah, his boss. The sergeant. The sergeant with weird hats. Yeah. Yeah, they were great. Well, this was really cool. I loved watching it. Did you guys like the documentary? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Learned so much, actually. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. And, it, and it, to see all the... It's incredible to watch somebody of that level of writing songs... Yeah. actually do it i mean yeah you know, I, I yeah was surprised like you always wonder what someone's things. process is like yeah and that and was the, a... and there were different processes in that yeah you know george mm-hmm. was totally different i mean sometimes you know he, he'd come in everything was pretty much he had his introduction yeah. on his guitar he would have um the words down for the most part and he'd say here's what i wrote last night whereas john and uh <laughs> and Paul would just kind of just start <laughs> play a few yeah. chords, and then it's like they were trying to make something out of it right then. So yeah. two different ways of doing that was was interesting. I can't remember what song it was with George, but he's like, I don't have the words together right. It was like some oh. song. Dude, what song was that? Old, and you're old, like, Old Brown Shoe. I don't no. know, but you're like, it's this word. <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Almost there. <laughs> There's so many times, like sweet, sweet Loretta Marsh. Yeah. It's like that's not, that's not. Her name's Martin. You're right. saying it wrong. <laughs> yeah. You wrote this wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, no, and it, it is really amazing how the, the different, so, several songs had certain words yeah. that they were started off with, and and the whole thing changed. I mean, even get yeah. back. Yeah. W- was was Jojo totally Jackson. Different. Jojo Jackson, and it was about the immigration thing, which yeah. was surprising. Right. You know, Pakistani and and, uh, and all that was, was part of the original lyrics, yeah. and, and it all right. changed. Right. Oh, gosh. Hmm. <sighs> all right. Well, this was awesome. Thank you do, for doing this with us. Yeah, well, thank you. For investing the time of, you know, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a value. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you doing it. It was uh, 
really an experience to, to get ready for this and, and to do this with you guys. I, I really appreciate it. I'd never done anything like this Did before. Did you snooze off at all? That's the question I have to ask. Oh, it's the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> How do you snooze off? I mean, <laughs> no. No. I almost did. I did a little bit. Yeah. I wake up and what did I miss? <laughs> nope, I, they're still <coughs> messing around. All uh, right. Yeah, I almost did. Uh, I know I know you're trying to get off, so we'll, I'll do this really quickly. Um, in part two, so we, we, we had started later than I wanted to last night, and then we did a test. Our test, by the way, was an hour long. We just started talking about stuff, and then I had to kind of wind down. I didn't go to bed till 2 last night. Gross. And, oh, you were, you were up we, pretty we much with me. We were up till 2. Yeah. 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 And and so it, yeah, it it it, it kind of got to me. Um, uh, there's a couple parts in part two where I'm just like, kind of like, I well, I, I think I paused and I was like, right, I'm gonna go to the bathroom and get some water or something. But mm -hmm. yeah, there there was some there was some some points. A drowsiness mm -hmm. ensued. Yeah. <laughs> but <clears throat> all right. Cool. Oh, are we doing obsession of the week? Um, I mean, <laughs> I, I have a little. S I, I, yeah, sure. I, well, like I have a funny thing that I can say. Okay. Um, What's your obsession, obsession of, the week? of the week? It's like the week before Christmas. Like, there's nothing fun. This is all. This is like adults. Christmas yeah. for adults is whatever. I don't care what you say. Like, right. I'm overwhelmed. Um, but <laughs> in my overwhelmness, I, like, I ordered, um, I have a secret Santa for, um, for, uh, like, one of my coworkers, Cassandra. She's not going to hear this until after, so, Cassandra, I got you really good gifts, oh. I think, I hope. Um, but she wanted, uh, an Uno, and, like, I also collect Unos, so I, I, like, was like, yes, this is amazing. And, um, I went to go get it for her and suddenly it said this thing was delivered and i was like i do not have anything here that is an uno game like that did not walk in my door well whoever made a mistake up at the like higher echelon of prime amazon i got sent beard growth formula and pill form <laughs> instead fuller thicker manlier hair it says right here oh, biotin gosh. and bamboo extract this was made for you, Sam. You love a good beard. You love, I like, the beard stuff. So I don't know what to do with this thing now. Should I send it to you? Give it to your boy. I guess I could do that. Give it to he who must not be named. <laughs> oh, I mean, I guess I could, but I thought of you first because, you know. Well, that's very sweet of you. You like a nice beard. Yeah. Yeah. So does my woman. Beards um, are awesome. My obsession of the week, I'm going to steer away from the Beatles, because I could easily do that, um, is the new Spider-Man movie. We, we mm -hmm. saw that yesterday. How was he? He's a cute kid. Um, it was really good. Good. Yeah. It was... Um, no spoilers. I really like his girlfriend, Zendaya. I think yeah. she is a beautiful. Um, yeah, it was, it was really good, and um, maybe after a couple of weeks we can talk about spoilers, but I don't, I don't want to do that yet. I don't have so, anything. All right, we'll talk about it. We'll see. Yeah. Well, I don't know who listens, and you know, there's. We should put up a vote if people want to hear. I'll watch the movies. I said that before. Yeah. I'll watch the movies if they're if you know we have viewership like that likes this. We probably do because, 
like all these superhero movies are like princesses for girls so i don't know we might as well just do it but right. you know if it makes sense to her if they want it i'm happy i will commit the time right to do it all right dad what about you mr deeds mr deeds is it which mm. one is she talking to <laughs> <laughs> obsessions I'm, I'm, gosh i'm not prepared for this yeah i forgot what is something this. you're into right now other than the beatles I am a photographer. I am obsessed with Photoshop. Oh yeah, that was. So that I was. I love editing. <laughs> it, it is it is tangentially related to what what we were. So Linda McCartney is a well known photographer, and there was a couple other people there, and every time, every time someone you could see a camera, Dad's like, "Is that a Pentax? Is that that's an Nikon? That's a, that's a Nikon F three. Right. Like, wow. Yeah, and it's like. Okay, cool, Pops. Yeah, this is your thing. <laughs> That's awesome. That definitely brings like another dimension to it. That's really cool. Oh, it was, it was also funny, too, as we were watching that show. I know we need to get off of here, but where Sam and I could recognize a lot of the, the instruments there. Yeah, yeah. You know, we'd say, oh, that's a Hammond B3, or, or that's the... You, uh, you're uh, the organ master, so yeah. Yeah. You're a, that's a Jaguar that George is playing, and uh, that's a with bass strings on it. Bass strings on it, yeah. So it was it was interesting was from our perspective, of being yeah. musicians, that we could look at some of this and go, oh yeah, that's a that's a uh, Fender Rhodes piano. That's the '73. Yeah. I mean, so that uh, that was fun. I'm really cool. I'm very ex I'm very excited that they used. I didn't realize they used Fender amps. Yeah, that was really weird for me. Mm-hmm. Um, this episode became like you kind of have like <laughs> I'm just here because I like the Beatles, right? But like the musicians are spouting off now about things. Like the average Joe is gonna be like, yes! yeah, whatever. Right. He's using a capo on that song. I can't believe. Yeah, <laughs> I know what a capo is. I do. Oh, I that's do. Impressive. I do. <laughs> um, no, it's really cool to uh, to like do this with you guys because you have experience it was really cool to do it with my boyfriend too because you know classical musician like right. teaches beatles loves the beatles so um i think i got like in this uh, like being able to watch it with him and do this with you guys it's a very special treat so thank you so much oh yeah well we'll, we'll have to do it again the next time i want i want to see an abbey road documentary do do eight days a week yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I did hear that was really good. It's really good. So, all right. Well, cool. Cool. Have Thanks, guys, a good yeah. night. Yeah. You too. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy all the holidays. All the happy, holidays. Happy, happy. All the holidays. And um, we'll be back for just after Christmas, like on the 26th, right? We're going to do our next yes. one. Yes. Yep. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, your host for the evening, the Rolling Stones. <laughs> if you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast and tell a friend about us. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Google Play to let others know what other people are missing out on. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Let's Get a Drink Sometime. Thanks for spending time with us. Come back and check us out again. We'll see you around.